0: Welcome to the Couch Scout Sports Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and scores from the world of sports, here are your hosts, Noah Bowick and Anthony Bill. out sports podcast we are letting you stay on the couch while we scout the latest news scores and affairs from the world of sports my name is Noah here with my co-host Anthony Bills we got another awesome episode for you guys Uh, but first before we get in if you guys want to just scroll down wherever you're listening and give us a rating give us a review and a subscription that would help us out a ton we're so glad that you guys are listening to the podcast Uh, and as always you can follow us on Instagram at the Couch Scout Pod, and we're also on email if you ever want to reach out, Pod at gmail.com. You can find us personally on Twitter. I am at KOTSFantasy, and Anthony is at dat underscore dude underscore AB on Twitter, and he's also on Instagram, Anthony D. Bills on Instagram. So, welcome in, Anthony. All-Star Game. Man, we were a little bit. We were, You were close on the picks, but me not so much. Let's, uh, let's break down our last episode and where we were at.
1: Yeah, so the All-Star game was obviously a lot of fun. Um, this year it was a lot more threes than dunks. Usually yes. the All-Star game is high-flying alley-oops. And other than um, a couple by Giannis and a couple by LeBron, there weren't that many. The skills challenge and stuff, uh, it was fun to watch. I know I watched it. It was a lot of fun. Very um, Very competitive. Uh, the Skills Challenge. Jason Tatum took that one away. Um, my guy Trey Young got beat on Jason Tatum shooting a half court shot. It was amazing because Trey Young was blowing uh, Tatum away because Tatum couldn't make that chest pass into the circle, and Tatum just chucked it up from half court and actually banked it in to win. So it was that was good. Um, your boy Darren Fox put on a show, but Trey Young kind of did the same thing to him the round before. Uh, it wasn't half court, but it was about. In between three point line and half court, one foot, one foot, like floating three that he made on De'Aaron Fox to upset him as well. But it was fun. It was a fun weekend. The three point shootout was amazing. Yeah, Um, I feel
0: like in the in the skills challenge, the big guys were almost at a disadvantage when it came down. Like Jokic was way ahead. I forgot who he was going against, but I mean he was like a whole court ahead, and then someone just comes from half court and drains it while he's trying to shoot a three (laughs) and he was he was so mad but it was awesome to see like so many guys just pick it up and shoot from half court rather than dribble all the way to the three-point
1: line yeah it's it's smart doing that because especially if you're behind because you you shoot it and then you just get another ball on your way in so if it goes in it goes in if not by the time you get to three-point line you have another ball to shoot again so i was like oh that's actually pretty smart yeah and trey young was doing something that i've never really seen in this that which was smart was after he, like, went through the cones, made the layup, and he had to go back full court, he threw the ball way ahead of him and just sprinted after it. Yes. And then he grabbed it and did the layup and stuff yeah. like that. So I was like, that was actually a smart strategy rather than just dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. Yeah. Because um, it slows you down as fast as you can move with the ball. Without the ball, you're faster. Yeah. But it was fun. Yeah.
0: How about the three-point contest? Joe Harris. <laughs> I uh, Yeah. None I was, of us had him picked. No. I know um, – our guests on the, on the last episodes, if you guys haven't listened to that, definitely one of the best episodes that we've done so far. We had uh, Jeremy Gonzalez, a Dahard hard Laker fan, and one of the mentors in Anthony's life on the yeah. podcast. Um, he did a great job, but he picked Dame Lillard. You picked Steph Curry, who got second. Yep. And I picked Buddy. Buddy Yield, who got third. third. But Joe yeah. Harris from Bur- Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone... I mean, someone had to have picked him, but I don't think anyone was expecting him no. to... To put on the performance that he did. What did you see?
1: No, I think he was one of the last picks too. Because I know D'Angelo Russell tweeted out. I was like, yeah. And they almost didn't let Joe Harris in. I yeah. was like, yeah, well, he made a statement. But I don't know. The three-point shootout isn't... It seems like the best shooter doesn't always win. Yeah. It's just a guy that gets hot. Yeah, and that's what Joe money Harris balls. did. Joe Harris got hot and he hit the money balls. Steph missed one money ball in the last round. And he lost by two points. And yeah. that would have tied it. Buddy, kind of the same thing. But it was it was great it was really fun obviously because the Steph being at home and going yeah. against his brother Seth didn't really put on a show he yeah. kind of struggled I think he only put up like 16 points and he was out super early um but Buddy healed, put on a show to where he would have wanted any other year Steph same thing but Joe Harris just went off I think he put up 25 and 27 yeah and Steph put up I think 26 and 26 maybe or yeah. something like that so yeah. I was like all three guys that finished in the top three, they had the top six scores the entire night. So like, both of them, or all three of them. So it was like, all right, the three best shooters in this contest, no doubt, at least for the night. It was, yeah, it was good.
0: Definitely, still like the number one event to watch. Oh yeah. During the All Star Weekend.
1: Yeah, it's just so much more fun now with the threes.
0: But, yeah, and then the dunk contest. Uh, yeah. Diallo from Oklahoma City. Yeah. It was actually. I thought his dunk was actually the one, the winner, the one when he tore open his jersey he had Superman underneath, and he jumped over Shaq. I thought that was actually a great dunk, like just the showmanship and him hanging on the rim yeah. from his elbow. But overall, I mean, I wasn't too, I wasn't too interested yeah. in it.
1: I yeah. I I'm not saying this because I picked Dennis Smith Jr. to win, but so many of the dunks that he was trying, yeah. he would have made on the first try. No doubt, he would have won. Yeah. He was trying the most difficult dunks that I've seen in a long time in the dunk contest, and he kept getting so close to making them, but it would take him four or five tries. Yeah. And then he would finally make it, or one of the times he just moved on to another one. And even Bridges, who you picked, his first dunk, I think it was off the backboard through the legs, and this dude was trying, and he just he just wasn't getting up high enough. But yeah. he was, it, it looked, it we're like, oh my gosh, he makes this, because I haven't seen like. We've seen guys do it, but the way he was doing it, like, he was doing it almost off the vert. Like, he wasn't getting a running start. He literally would take one step in, and he was trying. And, uh, but the, yeah, John Collins, eh, like, he thought he had amazing dunks, and we're like, no, dude, those are like game dunks. Like, (laughs) and he was getting so frustrated and mad. Yeah. Uh, Diallo's dunks just looked more impressive because this dude's head was on the rim every dunk. Yeah, he's got some dunks. yeah, I'm... I'm more excited for next year. Hopefully, Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon have talked about a rematch because it'll be in Chicago and that's where Levine plays. Yeah. And then Zion Williamson will be a rookie. Yes. Hopefully to see him. Get Giannis in there. Donovan Mitchell. Right. Again. I'm like, you know what? Get, bring it back to six or eight guys. For real. Not four because if you get the four wrong ones like this year, you got two like legit, like two guys that put on a decent show but the yeah. other two struggled. It was like, it's just boring. So like, Hopefully bring it back to maybe maybe even six. Let's get Donovan Mitchell. Let's get Giannis. Let's get Zion next year. Zion and Diallo went off in high school against each other. Um, I actually watched that clip, and Diallo did that same exact dunk where he jumped over somebody and put his elbow in the rim. Wow. I was like, oh, so he did this when he was 17, too. Wow. Okay, I've seen that dunk before now. Like, All right, that's cool. But it was okay. Yeah, I was very underwhelmed by the dunk contest, though. It yeah. seems like it's just getting... Kind of expected that. Yeah. Well, the
0: Then the final piece of the All Star weekend, the NBA All Star game, uh, it, they put on a great performance. Meek Mill with the intro, Jay Cole at halftime, yeah. and then all the NBA stars. Um, for the listeners, Kevin Durant was the MVP as Team <laughs> LeBron came back Church in the final minutes of the fourth fourth quarter. And Kevin Durant, I think, scored, he was up in the 30, 30 31. 31. Yeah. Okay. He had made six three pointers and got named MVP. But Giannis, my man, he—I uh, don't, he don't think have was—I don't think it was my pick, but no, um, he was—he uh, put on a show. Yeah, yeah. I think had Team Giannis actually won, he would have been the unanimous MVP pick. But mm-hmm. what uh, what did you see from from the game? Anything that st- stood out to you?
1: Yeah, I would say I think we talked about it during the game where Giannis wanted to pick everybody that's going to play hard. Yeah. And you saw that yeah. they did play hard the first half. Yeah. And LeBron's team wasn't really playing hard. They were just whatever. It's an all-star game. But the thing about the all-star game, especially lately, um, especially with this all-star bonus that these guys get, they, these guys now, they really are about the money. Yeah. And everybody starts to play hard mid third quarter to the fourth quarter. They want to win. Yeah. And that's where the talent overtakes it. Cause you can have the team that's going to play harder, and they were, and they're up by 20. Yeah. But then LeBron's team was like, all right, we're going to start playing harder now. And we do have, not that it's an all star game, so everybody has talent, but definitely the tops will just take over. You know, if you have better talent against good talent, and they're both playing hard, I think better talent's going to win most of the time. Um,. But it was really sparked by Dame Lillard and Clay and yes. Bradley Beal, so that's why I, like, I don't think Durant should have won. They didn't win because Durant scored thirty one. Yeah, they really didn't. They was, won because Lillard, Beal, and Clay Thompson, basically Lillard hitting threes from the logo. Yeah, you know Durant just hit threes to close it out towards the end. Yeah, when when we knew LeBron's team. all right, yeah, they have it now. Yeah. But so like, I I think the MVP in, in an All Star game the MVP. It shouldn't matter if you win or lose. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it shouldn't. Because the game doesn't mean anything. It's who was the best player on the court that night. It yeah. was Giannis. Oh, by far. By far, yeah. You know, by far. He put up 38 points. He Everybody's going to remember the dunks that he had in the game. You yeah. Know? I I think Giannis got robbed, but Durant, whatever. like, And he got the MVP again. He's had a few of those now, so. It was a fun game, but a record attempt in threes and record made threes, which I think it's probably just gonna keep increasing every game. Yeah, every year. So Yeah. It's all about it. they added that four point line in the NBA celebrity game, I so
0: I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> oh, at yeah. some point they, they include that four point line in the in the All-Star game just to yeah. expand the curry range. Yeah.
1: Well that'd be in trouble because Lillard hit from the logo like four times. Yeah. He would have so like four 50 50 he would have had four four, four points.
0: All right, so second half of the NBA season, the All-Star Games over. Like we talked about in the last episode, there's really like 25 to 28 games left for each team. So the, the race for the East, the race for the West is really going to heat up. Um, I know you, you pulled up an article kind of highlighting some teams that are probably the top suitors for the East. But what are, you, what are you finding out and what are your picks for the second half of the season?
1: Uh, I think the Bucks are gonna hang on to number one, no doubt. I don't know how many games ahead they're right now. I think a few games. Just one. They're one ahead of Toronto. One ahead of Toronto. Yeah, I I think the Bucks are gonna hold on because, um, Giannis and Middleton are just too good. Yeah, they're so good. Like they really, they were the two stars of the East in the All Star game. To be honest. Yeah. the six, I think the sixers are going to move. I don't know, one through four. I think it's going to, well, I think the sixers are fifth right now. Uh, the pacers are still up there. I think three or four. Yeah. I don't know how they're staying up there with Elodipo going out. Um, it's amazing that they're doing that, but I don't think they're going to stay there. I think they're going to end up falling out of the top four. Yeah. So I think the four is originally like, as everybody expects, he's going to end up being the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Sixers. No particular order. Yeah. Other than I think the Bucks are going to get the one seed, and I think that's big for them to have the home court, especially if you go and you don't want to go to Toronto and you don't want to go to Boston or yes. Philly. Honestly, yeah. all, all three of those fan bases. Yeah. It'd be great to have home court. Um. So I think the Bucks are going to win the East. Yeah, it's going to be
0: hard for for any team that four and five seed because you have. Yeah. Right now, Philadelphia is the five seed. Boston is the four seed, and then I guess it probably looks interchangeable with Indiana, where one of those teams is probably going to climb up to the 3, but the 4 and 5 seed, all both of those teams right now, Boston and Philadelphia, are yeah. quote-unquote championship contenders, not just in the East, but in the NBA Finals. And one of those teams, if the playoff started today, is going to get sent home in the first round. Yeah. And you think either Boston or Philadelphia both have great rosters. Philadelphia just made... Some big moves to to make that final yeah. push. So I hope that they're able to climb up out of that. But that's going to be yeah. that's going to be an all time series in the first round. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that Milwaukee, you know, when when Philadelphia made those trades, people were saying that Philadelphia now is the favored odds to win the East. But they're Philadelphia six and a half games back of first place. I don't see any way no. that in the next twenty eight games that somehow they jump up. You know, over seven games, yeah, and unless Milwaukee has some kind of crazy injuries, um, I don't think there's any way that no. that they drop. I could see, I could see it being Milwaukee and Toronto really as the only one and two. But I think the way that Milwaukee's playing right now, and just even after that All Star game, uh, I think Giannis was pretty upset that they lost. <laughs> so after, he's going to come out and and just continue to show what he's made of.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, and even I honestly, Toronto and Milwaukee are going to finish one-two. Yeah. The Celtics and Sixers are too far behind both of them, and the Sixer or the the Raptors have the fourth easiest schedule left, and the Bucks have the second easiest for left. So that's even more key. It's like all right, the the Bucks have already played the tough part of their schedule, and look what they've done. You know, they've what forty-three wins. Yep. Forty-three and I think fourteen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and that's what the tough part of their schedule. So now they have the second, the easiest part of their schedule for these last twenty five games. Yeah, they'll. I could see them. They're going to get to sixty wins. You know, they'll probably at least go seventeen and eight over the next twenty five. And so if they are, if they're six games ahead and they only lose eight games, that would mean the Sixers would have to go like twenty six and zero. Yeah, that's not happening. So I think the Bucks and Raptors have one two sealed up. Um mm-hmm. So now, now that's where and that's where the three six comes in to like if the Sixers and Celtics if one of them can get to the three and not be a four and the five you know which one because then you think about all right do we want to be that's where the favorite I think to be number one might be if the Sixers and Celtics played the four or five and the Pacers hang on to the three seed imagine being that two seed and you get the Pacers in the second round or yeah. maybe the Brooklyn Mets six yeah. so much easier than having to get. The Celtics or the Sixers yeah, in the exactly. second round as a one seed, when they're coming off, they could be beat up in a seven game series, or they could be like, "Yo, we just knocked off one of our top competitors. Let's go. We're rolling. We got confidence." So it's like it'll be interesting. The East, the East is so much more competitive this year. It's gonna be so fun. Yeah. Because everybody, we always knew we're like, they yeah, it know. might be a fun series, but LeBron's gonna win. Yeah. You know, he went seven games with Indiana in the first round last year, and then after that, he just took over, but. The Eastern Conference I'm super excited to see that. It's. It's going to be
0: a good race, and I. Yeah. And even looking at, I mean, six, seven, and eight. I don't think anyone's going to climb up into four, five, three, two, one. But six, seven, and eight is pretty interchangeable. Um, with even, you know, Washington could make a push. Orlando could make a push. And Miami could make a push. I think all three of those teams are outside of the top eight. Mm-hmm. But really, any of those three teams if they want to went on a run you're looking at Detroit, Charlotte Hornets and Brooklyn as the as the three playoff teams right now at 6, 7 and 8. So really I think any of those could be interchangeable which I would love I would love to see Miami in the playoffs for uh, D Wade. Yeah, for D Wade. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. All right, well let's move on to the to the West. You got Golden State obviously is still up climbed up to to number 1 over Denver who's number 2. Um, but well we kind of, last episode, we really touched on the Lakers and their chances to make the playoffs, but mm-hmm. what are you, what are your predictions for the second half of the season in the West?
1: Um, I want to see OKC. I think is going to end up being number two. Okay. I don't know how far they are behind Golden State right now.
0: Um, They're uh, four games back of first place and two games back of second place. I think
1: is going to take over. Um, they were hot right before the break, and they even... They they lost to the Pelicans the game for the All Star game but, I mean that's one of those trap games it was the only game of the NBA night it was Thursday yeah. night no one like, that. Dude. and the Thunder went 11 for 42 from three like that's a horrible shooting night and they kept coming back and almost stole that game from New Orleans so but I I think the Thunder um, I'm interested to see uh, the Rockets with Harden. Um, I saw an interview with him I think yesterday or a couple days ago it might have been over the All-Star weekend but I saw it yesterday and he's like I'm not like trying to just go score he's like I'm really just doing this because this is literally like we were struggling at the start of the year we looked bad and I just realized I think this is how I'm going to have to get us going and he's so it's like I I mean I've hated on him I'm not going to he's killing 36 points 37 points a game Yeah. but he knows he's like this is what I have to do Right. and that's why I'm doing it so I'm like, uh, he's going to continue to do that, I'm sure. And they're going to get Capella back at some point. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, he'll play tomorrow oh, against the Lakers. Oh, great, of course. Yeah. Come <laughs> on, wait till Saturday. <laughs> Goodness, man, JaVale McGee is going to get work on that guy. All yeah. right. Either way, but... Um, yeah, but even,
0: even with Harden, I mean, he's doing this now in the regular season, but we know when it comes oh to playoff gosh. time how hard... It is for one player to carry a team. Yeah, I've we've seen, seen LeBron do it obviously in the East, but especially in the West. Yeah, Harden, when it comes to playoff time, has has struggled mm-hmm. trying to continue his level of play, and it's really going to come down to the support players Chris Paul, Clint yeah. Capella, like we just mentioned, Eric Gordon. So I think they're really going to have to get some things figured out as yeah. they as they and they sit in that four or five spot right now. So you yeah. know they're playing. A really good team in
1: the first round. Yeah, yeah. And who, they're sitting in the four spot right now? Four or five, Houston? Uh, they're five, and Portland's four. That'd be a great matchup, yeah. man. But, and it's going to be interesting. Okay, who's going to who's gonna end up getting that, you know, the eight seed and having to play the Warriors? Right. So, uh, I think right now it's Clippers. Yep. And then the Kings are right behind them. But uh, I think that's another key for um, the Thunder getting a two or three. Is yeah. I think they're third right now, so it, they have to stay two or three because you want to put off playing the Warriors for as long as possible. I think, yeah, you know, you don't want to play them in the first or second round. Let's get them to the Western Conference Finals, and maybe they'll be a little bit vulnerable. Houston had them last year, you know. Houston had them. OKC had them a couple of years ago. It's right. like, is this the year the where OKC? I. I guess I'm kind of hinting at it. Is there a team in the West that you can see giving the Warriors a run for their money and knocking them off? Yeah. I'd probably say no, but if there is one, who would it be? Okay, see. Yeah. Yeah. Paul George, Russell Westbrook, two all-stars.
0: Great, both in their respective uh, games. And I think those are the only two players that could actually carry a team past the Warriors. Mm -hmm. I I don't think... That Harden can do it, and with Chris Paul at his age and the way the Warriors, the Rockets are playing. Uh, same thing with Portland. They're great. Love Dame Lillard. Yeah. Love CJ McCollum, but yeah. I don't see them as a, a seven-game threat to the Warriors. I, it's really got to be... Even Denver as a two-seed. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't think so. No. It's really got to be OKC this year.
1: Yeah, I think same thing. And Steven Adams is... Yes. Steven Adams is a big key, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I know Cousins will want to step out and shoot threes, but Steven Adams can... He can handle yeah, that. He's pretty mobile. And yeah. even if not, you can put him on Draymond Green. Just let Draymond Green shoot threes. Who cares? Just let him. Um, but yeah, and then the pickup of Markeith Morris I think is huge. Yeah. Because he's yeah. a scorer. He can shoot. He's a scorer. Probably coming off the bench. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I think OKC is – that would be my pick as well. Obviously, I this might sound dumb, but obviously I think if the Lakers get in, they will at least compete – Oh. They wouldn't beat the Warriors, but they would compete because it's been proven the Warriors struggle to beat LeBron. For sure. When he has help. Yeah. They didn't struggle to beat him last year, but that's because he didn't have any help. But, yeah. and before LeBron got hurt, like we touched him last week's episode, they were 20 and 14. And since his injury, he's been back a few games, but since his injury, they've been um, 8 and 15. Yeah. So it's like, Rondo, Lonzo, LeBron, when they're all healthy and they're ready to roll, like, they put it on the Warriors, so it'll be interesting to see. I especially if the Lakers make an eight seed, they they won't beat the Warriors in the first round, oh but man. they would definitely That'd give a, the Warriors fits in the first round, and then sure. the second round team might be able to give them a little bit of for sure, trouble. But yeah, we'll
0: see. I I honestly I'm saying this right now: if Los Angeles makes Los Angeles Lakers get the eight seed and they face the Warriors, I'm calling it right now: the the Lakers beat <laughs> be the saying. Warriors. I, I'm all for it. yep and I think it just starts the the Laker dynasty
1: with with <laughs> LeBron. I really do. Yeah, I could I could see just because it's my team. I could see them knocking off the big mighty Warriors and then losing in the next <laughs> round or losing to somehow and be like yeah, yeah. to the no, Utah, to the you Utah Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're gotta be kidding me. But yeah,
0: yeah. So it's gonna be an exciting second half of the season. Yeah. We're gonna be with you guys all the way and bringing on some different guests just to talk playoff hopes, and yeah. uh, once the playoff schedule gets set, just be doing some predictions, and um, yeah, we're excited to, for also the MVP race, and just to see where this is okay. We're going to switch gears over to college basketball uh, for a second every Tuesday, we do a Super Tuesday upset pick, so we want to give a shout out to Juan Dominguez, my boy, back in Wisconsin, picking Baylor over number 19 Iowa State. Baylor upset um, Iowa State on the road by a score of 73 to 69. So Juan, way to go! See if you can keep that streak going next Tuesday. Um, Anthony, we <laughs> you picked Indiana to beat number 15 Purdue, and it looks like have. they were going to beat they them. Should have. Uh, ended up falling at home 48 to 46 on the last second yeah. tipping. So, this has happened to you before. <laughs> every week.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> what in the world? I'm done picking these. I'm, I swear, next week, if it's like number one versus number two, I'm picking number two. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm even though I might not be an upset, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done picking these unranked teams. Yes. Uh, but I keep getting close. It's all right. I'll yeah. it yeah, at some there. point, I, I feel like the Lakers at the start of the year. I just can't finish a game. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: I almost picked you, Ohio to beat Buffalo, and Buffalo ended up winning one fourteen to sixty seven. I saw I was like, "Wow! I'm <laughs> so glad you, I did you not pick choose the right that. one." Yes. Yeah, I picked. I picked number twenty four Maryland to beat number twenty one Iowa. They won by 1.66-65. Anthony texted me in the middle of the day. He's is like, "Really an upset?" Yeah. He's like, "Are you sure that's actually an upset?" And I, I like, mean,
1: <laughs> not the rankings. Yes, it is. But Maryland is third in the Big Ten, yeah. the fourth in the Big Ten, and I was like sixth. Yeah. And Maryland had a better record, but still, it's on the road in the Big Ten. I don't care what it is. It's yeah. two ranked teams on the road in the Big Ten. The home team should win that. So that's yeah. it's still an upset. It's still a good pick. And Iowa's I was been picked an easy one. Pretty good. Yeah. Well, playing it safe. I mean. Purdue should have blown Indiana out. Carson Edwards was trash last night. I was stunned. He was like three for twenty three from the field. He couldn't hit. So I was like, if Carson Edwards is hit like normal, Indiana scores forty six points. Purdue probably wins eighty to forty six. So okay. I got. I, I'm not gonna like pat myself on the back too much for almost getting that right. Carson Edwards had a horrible game. <laughs> <laughs> but, but tonight, yes, man, we're just. I know we always do college basketball Tuesday nights, but. This is the game, Yeah, Duke and North Carolina, the fun one. This is the fun college basketball game. I don't care if you're a fan of either team. If you're a basketball fan, you always want to watch this game, and especially tonight. With uh, You want to see these young boys going up against uh, Carolina. Um, I think it's in Cameron Indoor, though. I think yep. it's at Duke. It's at home. Yep, Duke's, so.
0: Duke's ranked number one, and North Carolina is ranked number eight. And this is how it always is too. They're always up there in the standings, up there in the ACC standings, and it's gonna be gonna be a great one.
1: Yeah, I don't. I think Duke's gonna roll them through. Really, I love North Carolina, but I think Duke is going to roll them at home tonight. Um, and then when the rematch is in Tar Heel, I think it'll be a better game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for tonight, wait, do they play again? They do. They yeah. play the last They'll game play of the one, year one, in March. yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry, but yeah, Duke. I I, Duke rolls them pretty easy tonight.
0: Yeah, I just saw an interesting thing on Twitter last night. Um, Mark Taylor tweeted out, he said, This is your annual reminder that Duke hasn't been the best team in the ACC in 16 years. Uh, Which actually surprised me, but if you look at the stats, it's actually true. Both coaches, Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski, great coaches, but... UNC has won three to Duke's two championships. Mm -hmm. UNC has been to five Final Fours to Duke's three regular season titles in the ACC, eight to Duke's three, (laughs) and tournament wins 44 to Duke's 30. And that's because, honestly, Duke, for as good as they have been over the last 16 years, they get upset a lot. They do in the tournament. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah.
1: It wouldn't surprise me if it happens again this year. Yeah. That's what happens with one and dones Yeah. Like that's why Kentucky. The yeah. one time they did it was with Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I'm with you tonight. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Duke. And I think as well convincingly. <laughs> yeah. I think they I just continue, continue to. Yeah. Just continue to flex their muscles. Yeah. Cameron Indoor is probably the hardest place to play. You got all the students around the whole bottom half of the of the court just right there in the player's face so it should be a great great great
1: matchup yeah zion is already jumping out of the road team's gym when he's at home he's even more intense it's crazy and cam reddish is on fire lately and i think he's going to go off again tonight yeah um but look this stat on espn is crazy so um when both teams are top 10 Duke and Carolina, when they're top 10, head-to-head. They've had 45 matches. Duke, 23 wins. North Carolina, 22. Wow. Points per game, Duke, 76.2. North Carolina, 76.5. Wow. So in those 45 games, the combined score is North Carolina... 3,444 to 3,431. Wow. So 45 games at 13 points separate them. That's how close these two teams have been. And they're eight miles apart down the road. That's nuts. It's even more crazy. It's like this, this is literally it. Like you have Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Auburn, you know, Bears, Packers, Duke, Carolina, Yankees, Red Sox. Like this is it for college basketball. There's no college basketball rivalry that even comes close that no. I can think of. Never. I no. So it's gonna be a good one. Can't wait to watch it.
0: My favorite, one of my favorite Duke UNC moments is <laughs> is uh Austin Rivers beating Ooh. North Carolina at North Carolina. <laughs> Step back. Yep. Boop. And just dropped it. I forget who it was that was trying to guard him. It was one of their centers. He got switched up on him. And he just pulled Was it Zeller? No. Yeah, I think Might it was. Might have been one of the zealots. Yeah, and he just stepped Yanked. back, dropped it, just held it, and watched mm. it go in. And they beat him on the road. I was
1: furious, dude. I hate, I've hated Duke for the longest. <laughs> and I always loved Carolina. I think it was just because of the Jordan brand and yeah. the Tar Heel blue. And I remember I was watching it with my buddy, and I was like, as soon as he stepped back, because he liked Duke and I liked Carolina, as soon as Rivers stepped back, I was like, dang it, Yeah. I, you know he's hitting this, because Rivers was going off that game. And yeah. That was a good one, and Hansborough getting elbowed. Remember yes. that the, the bloody, bloody face, just screaming like, "Yeah, oh, Hansborough was a psycho." But yeah, it's some good ones. Yeah,
0: I was the opposite of you. I loved Duke growing up, yeah. but hated North Carolina. <laughs> and I, yeah. I would watch. I would try and watch like all the Duke games when they had uh, John Shire yeah. and yeah. Greg Paulus, <laughs> Nolan, Nolan Smith. Mm-hmm. They had some great teams, but they have. I mean, you can, you really can never. Maybe for this year, you can obviously say Duke has the better team, but you can really never predict who's going to win these games because uh-huh. in a rivalry like this, they are playing for yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's another thing. It's maybe Carolina doesn't. Carolina has more experience, and they're older. You know, they have some guys like Luke May. Yep. That's been in it, and they want this. And these three young freshmen for Duke, like or both four really. We always leave Trey Jones off, and Trey Jones is a baller. Yeah. But they don't. I mean, not that they don't know what the rivalry means. I'm sure they do, you know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're a freshman. You're there. Like, the, one of the first things you learn when you go into Duke or Carolina is, we hate that team. Yeah. You know, we hate them. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see how the young – but I just think because it's at home. If this game tonight was in Tar Heel, like their first experience against North Carolina Duke was at North Carolina, I think I'd pick North Carolina. But since it's at Duke, it'll yeah. help the young guys. Yeah. And they'll just be extra cushion. hype ready for this game. For For yeah. sure. Yeah, keep an eye
0: on that. It is um, on ESPN tonight, so going to be a great game. And we have some other awesome news, finally. Some little uh, baseball action yes. coming onto the podcast. We have been waiting for both Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, but we got yes. the news that Manny Machado signs a ten-year, three hundred million dollar contract with the San Diego Padres.
1: Who? Yeah. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah. All I know is
0: he's gonna be on the beach every day enjoying his life down there. Yeah,
1: it's a record deal. Um, everybody always thinks Mike or Mike Stan, John Carlos Stanton's is the record, which yeah, it was three hundred twenty-five mil, but it was. 13 years so you do the math 10 years 300 mil 13 years 325 30 mil every year for machado and it's guaranteed um it's crazy and the padres i don't know where the padres are getting this money from yeah because last year they gave eric hosmer i think 150 maybe not that much but they gave eric hosmer a huge deal last year as well and will myers so i looked at this thing um, so up into two thousand twenty two, so the next four seasons, the Padres have five hundred and twenty eight million dollars put into three players. Oh my gosh. And they probably won't make the playoffs once. No. They you do know, this. Honestly. They do this every time. The Padres do this every now and then, you yeah. know, and it's like I get it, you know, you wanna put fans butts in the seats, yeah. But and then so like I, I saw it because it was a uh they were comparing it to the Dodgers so because the Dodgers have been balling with really money only into some pitching yeah you know they have a bunch of young dudes balling out yeah and so in 2022 the Padres have 528 million tied up the Dodgers have 8 million that year so I'm like okay yeah but Machado 10 years 300 um, it came out that the White Sox offered him uh, 8 years 250 which that's actually more money per year that's 31.25 yeah and I'm like, Why well, so he took less money? Yeah. Kind of. You know, he took less money per year, but more for two extra years. Yeah. And the fact that it's San Diego, not Chicago. Yeah. Where you'd be playing freezing cold baseball the first month of the season and some of the second month of the season. Yeah. And at the end of the season. Yeah. No. Rather than being in San Diego all year in the West. Yeah. No pressure really on him because it's the Padres. Like yeah. the fans might be a little like, We expect, you know, whatever, but
0: yeah, if someone offers you a uh, a place to live in San Diego for three hundred million dollars and you get to do what you love, you're yeah. you're taking it. Yeah, I,
1: especially Machado has made it known. He's about the money. He's yeah. like, I wanna win, but he's clearly been about the money in this. Yes.
0: I would have loved to see him go to the White Sox just to be a a competitor for the Cubs, but in Chicago, but hey. Yeah. More power too. Choose him. Do yeah,
1: it. I'm I'm interested by the Padres. If I was going to give 300 mil, I would have rather given it to Harper. Yeah, same. Just way. Harper has a better resume, and Harper is Johnny Hustle. Yeah, you know? yeah. Machado's been like, I'm not Johnny Hustle. That's yeah. not me. Yeah. So, But it'll be interesting now, if, because like I just said, Harper's got the better resume. I think he has the higher ceiling to be a better player. Yeah. Now, Harper, he's the biggest winner in this. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Because now, if I'm Harper, I'm going to the Phillies, and I'm like... You see what that guy got, and you're offering me whatever the Phillies are offering him right now. I'm like, no, <laughs> smart um, man. Yeah, it, but so we'll see who blinks first. Um, I think I think the Phillies is the spot that Harper's going to end up at, though. But we'll see. Yeah, Machado, it's crazy. Um, ten years, three hundred mil. That's insane. Um we should bring him on the podcast yeah right <laughs> like yo come on maybe you can sponsor us a little bit throw us some money but we can um, offer you a 300 year $10 deal I just want I'm interested but like so I know baseball San Diego is not a hitter's ballpark at all no so while Machado might have hit 35 home runs last year between Baltimore and the Dodgers 35 home runs is decent yeah you know it's, that's okay you're going to go to San Diego, that's going to translate to, like, 25. Yeah. You know? If that. Exactly. So I'm like, I don't know. How great is Machado going to be for them? Like, I I feel really bad for the Padres for this in the long run. Like, he might be an all-star every year, but he's not going to be some big-time crazy thing. And another winner in this is Nolan Arenado for yeah. the Rockies. Yes, Because he's, he's, you good. know, Yelich won in L MVP, and Bryce Harper's up there. But in the National League, Arenado is pretty much... 1A, 1B with Yelich, I'd say, for the yeah. best player in the National League. And Arenado's a free agent next year. Yeah, He just signed a record arbitration deal for like 20-something mil, I think, one year. That's never happened. Yeah, Machado wins in the—or not Machado. Machado's deal sets Arenado up yep. for the future, and I could see Arenado— maybe it'll be the Yankees next year. The Yankees are like, we'll hold off on Machado. We have a shortstop. We like Didi. We like Labor Torres in the future. We need a third baseman, even though their third baseman is a good rookie last year. I could see Arenado getting that 10-year 300. I could see the Yankees literally being like, we'll give you $301 million. Yeah. You know, we'll give you the record deal with just $1 million. But it'll be interesting. Can't wait for baseball to start up. Obviously, spring training, pitchers and catchers are there. Spring training starts in the next week or so, I believe. Yes. Um, Super excited. We're going to get some baseball talk. Let's the, go. Coming up soon. Let's so, get out the grill, yeah. get out the hot dogs. Boom. and. Get a little barbecue going while we podcast. Yeah, so we'll see. Harper. He'll probably be signed in the next few days as well. Yep. Um, and we'll talk to you.
0: Football. Yes. Steelers well, again. What everyone likes, whether you like the NFL or the AAF, we uh, the Steelers, which is what Anthony talked about. I think on episode six, um, after we were recapping the Super Bowl, we were talking about the Browns and how you said that they were really on a, a tear to to be a contender in the mm-hmm. uh, in the AFC North, and now you have yeah. Kareem Hunt on the Browns roster, and now the Steelers yeah, yeah. of all the teams are falling apart. Yes, and prophesy. Yes, call <laughs> <laughs> that. So what we have is Le'Veon Bell. Steelers say we already. I think everyone expected this. Le'Veon Bell um, didn't play for the entire 2018-2019 season based on contract dispute. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost a ton of money by sitting out, um, but he just he feels like he deserves a lot more than what he's getting paid. So yeah. the Steelers announced they're not going to use a franchise tag on him. So that means that he is a completely unrestricted free agent, can go and sign wherever New he wants. New York Jets. New York Jets, Indianapolis Colts. A lot, he has, I mean he has options. We'll see what teams offer him money, but I think what he's looking he's looking he wanted like a hundred and twenty million <laughs> from yeah. from the Steelers. So that's Machado money. Yeah. I that's <laughs> definitely not what the NFL does. And it's hard to it's hard for a team to wanna pay him that much money after he hasn't played for an entire year, yeah. but you know that some team is gonna just take a risk oh, yeah. on no it doubt. and I think it will be the Jets, uh, which you know pair him up with Sam Darnold, That's what just, the Jets, need. Jets get a little bit better and yeah. get to compete uh, with with the Patriots in that division.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, and the the Jets have shown in the last few years that they're willing to take a risk on a running back. They tried with Chris Johnson, <laughs> failed. Yep. They tried with Matt Forte, failed. Yeah, but they're, they're trying. They're like, all right, we're ever since LeDanian Tomlinson, they are trying to find a franchise running back. And this is the one. This is it. He's still young. He's 27, 28. He still has a lot left in the tank, honestly. Like Le'Veon, um give Sam Darnold what he needs, give him a running back. That is going to be able to just bail him out when he's getting pressured and check down to him and make a play. Uh, I think the Jets are the team that Le'Veon should go to, but the best fit and the best team for him to go to probably the Indianapolis Colts. Mm. I think I agree with you there, him going to Indianapolis, but it'll just depend on the money situations. You know, the Jets do have money to spend. Um, obviously, it's great. It's, it's these teams with the young quarterbacks that don't have to pay their quarterback yet. that have the money to spend and get them. It'd be interesting to see if Le'Veon Bell would... I don't know about this. Like, What if he would... Think about a team that probably has the money for him. What if he would stay in division and go to the Ravens? Mm-hmm. A run-heavy offense with a running quarterback. Read options and yeah. all that stuff. Could you imagine that? I don't see it happening because I think the Ravens are pretty set with their run game. But yeah, phew, they would they would have to clean house. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can't turn him down. I just yeah. want to throw fun
0: ones in there. Yeah. That's man, but yeah, one option that I saw was that they could potentially do a sign and trade, where they did sign him to a deal and then trade him just so they they would get that value back. But I don't think why that, would Le'Veon want to help them with that? though? Yeah. you know what I mean. I feel yeah, I feel like he's done, yeah. and he's just gonna go sign wherever okay. he wants. Um, but that that leads into the second thing. So Le'Veon Bell was the superstar running back mm-hmm. for the Steelers, and now kind of a shock to the rest of the league. But Antonio Brown, who's been Mr. The, big chest, yeah, Mr. Big Chest, the best <laughs> the best receiver in the NFL for probably the last five five six years, yeah, um, definitely top three. Yeah, with the Steelers for his whole nine year career has requested a trade, D-handed. and he, yeah. yeah, he met with the owner, Art Rooney, and said, hey, I want to leave on good terms, but I don't want to be here anymore. I feel yeah, like I've given great. it given it all I've got in Pittsburgh. Okay. So, that's just going to leave, basically, Ben Roethlisberger, Juju, Juju Smith-Juju, and James Conner, who yeah. we saw this year, he stepped in for Le'Veon, and, and really proved that he can carry the, the running back duties. Um, <clears throat> I think that two things that I saw is what what are the Steelers going to do with Antonio Brown? Mm-hmm. And we talked about it on the podcast last week with Jeremy. He wants to see them come to San Francisco. And that's what it looks like is going to happen because of the assets that San Francisco has had. And what I saw is that it will be it would be Antonio Brown in a sixth-round pick for the 49ers, a second-round pick, and a fourth-round pick.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't that know. That doesn't seem... I don't think that's enough. No, I don't Antonio. either. I think it's going to take a first rounder. If Amari yeah. Cooper was taken for a first rounder, yeah. he's nowhere near Antonio Brown. No. And I think it's going to be a first rounder. Yeah. It has to be. And I mean, that's why his
0: I, age his age is a question like yeah, receivers I mean, start year. to decline at this point, but you know, I think he's going to be 31, 32. Yeah. But still I think he's def at this point in his career, he's putting up career numbers. Give him, a, he's worth a first round pick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I'd give a first rounder if if I'm a contender at least. If I'm a team like San Francisco, San Francisco hasn't. Jimmy G was out all year, so we don't even know if they're going to be fully. Like, are they going to be contenders? Is it worth giving up a first round pick, or do you just keep building? You know? Yeah. I want it if I'm San Fran, I want to give up a first rounder. If I can get him for a second and fourth, yeah, but I just don't think that's going to happen. The Steelers did say we do want to trade him, but we're not. <laughs> It's gonna take a deal. Like we're not just giving him away. Yeah. We we won't trade him if we don't get an offer that we don't like right. or that we like. So it's possible that if nobody ends up offering what the Steelers want, that Antonio Brown is in Le'Veon Bell situation and sitting out next year. Yeah, exactly. So, but I have some teams in the first round that I wanted to give you. Like not an early first rounder. I'm not giving him up if top fifteen like type pick. But some teams in the twenties. Who so these are teams that obviously would be contenders. And I have that first round pick that could need a receiver that I wanna throw out. Um and the, the first one I wanna give you is the Packers. Let's go. Would you do it? I think the Packers have the thirtieth pick. Yep. They have, would two, you, they
0: have two first round picks. There you go. I think they are in the top fifteen and then they have another one. So the, so keep your top fifteen.
1: Yeah. Give the thirtieth pick and a what a third round? Yeah. For Antonio Brown, would you do that? Oh, in a heartbeat. Exactly. In a heartbeat. I think the pack. could you imagine, I mean, I don't know how, uh, if Antonio Brown has issues with Roethlisberger, I don't know <laughs> what he would do with Rodgers. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't know if he would handle
1: Wisconsin. Like, <laughs> that, that, it's just become kind of a drama, he has, a drama queen. But if Antonio Brown's saying he wants to go to a winner, why not go to a proven Hall of Fame quarterback? Who and they have Devontae Adams. Yeah. So you put Devontae Adams and Antonio Brown Antonio Brown's not gonna get doubled as much. Yeah. It'll be like he is with Juju now, you know? Yeah. I think the Packers are a great fit for him. Yeah. And that's why I was like, yo, there you go, the Packers first round. Yeah. Why not? You Super know?
0: Bowl favorites, I think, if they were to land that they had so they do have they have the twelfth pick and then they also have one later towards towards thirty, I think. Yeah. So that I know that they want to continue to build the defense but if you have an opportunity to get Antonio Brown and pair him up with Rodgers and then also have DeVonte Adams you have, that's right there is the best yes. receiving core yes. in the NFL yes. and then you just you got some yeah. good run young running backs and exactly and then you can uh, shore up the defense
1: yeah i think the packers are perfect and then there's other teams so other teams just in this 20 to 30 range Seahawks I I don't think they would make that move yeah Um. the Ravens uh, Antonio Brown's not going to want to go there yeah. yeah I mean he might just because his division but yeah. Lamar Jackson would not help Antonio Brown's no. career out and I think uh, the
0: Steelers said that they don't want to trade him in division right. whatsoever yeah
1: not at all no division or competitors yeah well the Packers aren't really a competitor to them you yeah. know they're in the NFC the only way they would see them is a the Super, Super Bowl and yep. Steelers let's be honest they're not getting to the Super Bowl next year they're probably not making the playoffs yeah uh, Houston Texans are in that range. I know they have Hopkins. They traded for Demarius Thomas. I don't know if the Houstons would want to give up that 23rd round pick. Hmm. 23rd round. 23rd pick for yep. Antonio Brown, but that would be a big help for them. A the team that's really interesting to me is at the 25 is the Eagles. Okay. Because they have Golden Tate's free agent, they have Alshon Jeffrey but the Eagles haven't had this premier number one top receiver really since T.O., I'd say. Yeah. And Antonio Brown, I don't know if Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, that kind of little rivalry of Pennsylvania, but there's just some teams, you know, that could be in there. Um, I think
0: in a, what you just said, you said there's no way that the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. The, the number one team, obviously, in their conference is the Chiefs.
1: I was just looking at the. What if
0: they were to trade Antonio Brown into the Chiefs division, say to Oakland, say to Denver, just to give the Chiefs more of a run for their money in that division to potentially, you know, knock him out? I don't see that. I don't even see that happening where Antonio Brown would give the Broncos or the Raiders that much of a lift. But I was just like, oh, I could see them strategically placing him within the AFC so that they wouldn't. You know, if they did go on a run, right. they wouldn't have to face the Chiefs. Yeah,
1: right? I mean, the, the the Raiders do have three first-round picks, exactly. so they could give up a first form. Yeah. But they gave up a young stud wide receiver for a first-round pick, so I don't yeah. know if they would just turn no. and be like, yeah, we'll give you our first-round yeah. pick that we'll we take a got 31-year-old. for a 24-year-old. Yeah. But that'd be interesting, and the Broncos obviously could use him, but... With Flacco. Flacco. At
0: the... I would be... I would request another yeah. trade if I was Antonio Brown. After could that, you Im-
1: <laughs> could you imagine if uh, if it was the the Chiefs? Though I thought you were gonna say trade for the Chiefs, and oh. I'm like, dang, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Antonio yeah. Brown, holy cow! Oh
0: yeah, but, you know they would definitely. I think Watkins would definitely be in that. They would send him.
1: Yeah, I, what if the Steelers would do that? Like, hey, we'll give you Antonio Brown and that sixth round pick. Yeah. For Sammy Watkins and a second rounder, or a third rounder. Would you do that? Oh, yeah, no. I'd do it. Sammy Watkins showed last year that he was decent. Yeah. He's back into. it. I don't know. It's just fun. It's fun to play GM. Yeah. It's fun to talk about all these. Um,
0: Got to try these trades on Madden.
1: What about the Saints? <sighs> could they have Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn's getting up there? Yeah, they really do need uh, a they second wide receiver. Another wide receiver. Yeah and I feel like Michael Thomas loves to be a little bit of a showman he's a hard worker and he's all about the game but he loves to show, like be a little bit of a showman him and Antonio Brown hmm. I could see him maybe butting heads a little bit but I think they could connect and be like tight like yeah. that'd be great he's freaking if anybody could handle Antonio Brown I think Drew Brees could
0: yeah but what did the uh, yeah what did the Saints even
1: have well they don't have a first round pick because the Packers have it oh thank you um, Saints <laughs> but yeah it'll be interesting to see Antonio Brown um, do you think Odell Beckham's gonna get moved? I know last year was a big serious thing and this story came out that the Patriots yeah. aggressively pursued him. Yeah I'm like
0: I don't think they I don't think they should I'm yeah okay here's the thing Eli Manning has to go. the Giants if they do not if they don't pick a quarterback, In the first round of the draft this year.
1: They should. Sixth. Yeah.
0: Overall. They should take Dwayne Haskins. Yes, they should. They should build. They should. I mean, they have all the pieces. Mm -hmm. They have a Pro Bowl running back in his rookie year, Saquon Barkley. They have a Pro Bowl wide receiver in Odell Beckham Jr. And then they can get a rookie quarterback who is unproven, but was very successful in college. Might have to grow a little bit in the NFL, but in my opinion is the most Ready to yeah. have a starting job, and just build build around that. If it takes a couple of years, yeah. it takes a couple years. But yeah. man, I, I agree. I couldn't imagine them trading him. I
1: yeah, no. I hope they. Uh, well, I don't know. I it would just feel. It's gonna feel weird seeing Antonio Brown in another jersey. Yeah. It would feel weird to see Odell Beckham making catches like that for somebody so other different. than the Giants. It's yeah. like oh, but. Yeah, I hope not either. And me being a Cowboys fan, I don't want to see the Giants successful, but honestly, as an NFL fan, Dwayne Haskins, Saquon Barkley, and Odell Beckham for the next 10 years yeah. could be something huge, yeah. you know. And um, Saquon Barkley is just going to continue to be a beast. You know, he's he's going to get better in the run game. Like he's great out of the backfield and catching it. The right. run game he's going to work on hitting certain things, but he's a freak athlete. He's almost faster than everybody on the field at his size. Yeah, And I think Dwayne Haskins can do to the Giants what Baker Mayfield did to the Browns. Yeah. Like, re-energize. Like, when Baker Mayfield walks into the Browns' locker room, everybody's like, that's the dude. Yeah. He's younger. He's the rookie quarterback, and we're all veterans, but we're going behind that guy. Like, you can see it on him. He's got it. Dwayne Haskins has the same thing. They even said it at Ohio State, the freaking – urban meyer loved jt barrett so much and i get it because he was a winner but from day one dwayne haskins walked in the locker room and everybody was like yo that's the dude like that's mm-hmm. the future here but urban wouldn't pull the trigger and haskins should have been starting at ohio state for three years you know yeah. he should have been doing what trevor lawrence did yeah what two was doing but urban just couldn't pull the trigger so haskins got robbed two years and he played this one year and he went off he yeah. bought out Haskins, 50 touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, 50 touchdowns in the Big Ten. Cold yeah. weather. He's used to the cold weather and wind, which you'll have in New York. Yeah. Because he's done it. He, he grew up in Maryland. Yeah. He played at Ohio State. He's used to it. He's 6'4", 220. four, two twenty. He's got the big arm. Yeah. Strength. Giants get him, and
0: there we go. New York Giants, you're on the clock. Pick Haskins. <laughs> yes. You're in. you insider. Right. Telling you. <laughs> but
1: yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. It's good. Yeah. So this, that's going to wrap up this episode. You know, we'll see. Hopefully next week we'll have news on Bryce Harper signing. Yes. Probably the Phillies. We might have news on Antonio Brown getting traded. Um, free agency in the NFL is going to keep picking up. Yeah, lots of moves going around. Yeah, and uh, we'll have some NBA action, obviously, because the NBA starts back up tomorrow. Um, so that is it for this episode. We're going to send you out. Um give us a listen you know go to the instagram couch scouts pod give us a follow um go down give us a rating on uh the apple podcast spotify whatever you listen to and uh
0: You've been listening to the Couch Scout Sports Podcast. For more resources, follow us on Instagram at the Couch Scouts Pod. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you on the next episode.